0: Welcome to Rocktown Emergencies, a podcast that focuses on emergency services in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. It includes law enforcement, fire departments, rescue squads, volunteer and career, and others throughout the emergency services industry. Now, here's your host, Paul Helmuth.
1: In this episode, I talk with Chief Ian Bennett of the Harrisonburg Fire Department. Last week was the 2019 Firefighter Safety Standdown with the theme, Firefighter Cancer. This week we talk with Chief Bennett about how his department has put policies in place to help decrease the exposures to carcinogens and also about how the laws affect benefits for firefighters related to occupational exposure. I'm here with Chief Ian Bennett with the Harrisonburg Fire Department and we are at the end of safety stand down week and the focus this year has been on firefighter cancer. So what has the Harrisonburg Fire Department done to help educate their staff and work towards decreasing a firefighter's exposure to cancer?
0: Well, cancer has just really hit the horizon probably in the last five to 10 years. Uh, I think we just started to realize what we're exposed to on a a daily basis is creating such a a problem and an exponential rate of uh, cancer in in firefighters. So we looked a couple years ago, we looked at best practices around the country and developed a policy. And let me back up before that. We've been doing firefighter physicals for 30 plus years. Uh, OSHA for part of the hazardous materials and then the NFPA standard 1582, uh, we adopted those physicals. So, And we constantly look at new tests. Um, our administrative officer uh, administers our, our program and constantly looking at new t- tests that may be available to, to look at uh, all kinds of diseases, including cancer. Um, but on the cancer specific policy, we've looked at there's a, that goes a couple different routes. One is uh, on the scene of a fire. We look at, Uh, Once they're exposed to uh, these toxins, we have a pretty detailed procedure of when they come out of a decontamination procedure. Uh, They get uh, fans and they get washed down. Um, They get their gear taken off and then that gear is out of service. We don't allow them to put it back on to get exposed. uh, It goes in some bags and taken back to the station and get washed and their spare gear is utilized for the remainder of the shift. In addition, they wipe down uh, any exposed body parts. Uh, They go back and have to take a shower immediately so we're doing as much as we can to reduce the exposure time of those carcinogens. Every person has a second set of gear. We've been fortunate for years that uh, every firefighter has two sets of gear so when one's exposed that can literally be taken completely out of service gone to get washed and the second set of gear is put in service uh, to eliminate that exposure some more.
1: Luckily you're using older gear as that secondary gear, but that's not a cheap expense and not a lot of departments can afford that. So that, that's very, very beneficial
0: for them to have that option in the middle of the sw- shift to switch out to that secondary gear. Absolutely. You know, you're looking at $2,500, $2,500 $2, a set of gear. Um, we're very fortunate the city uh, recognizes the hazard and for years has provided the the funds to be able to provide the second set of gear. You do a lot
1: of work with the National Fallen Firefighters Association and a lot of work with um, uh, survivor benefits and things like that, and all of that related to the heart and lung bill, which incorporates cancer. Not every cancer that a firefighter can be
0: exposed to is incorporated currently into that bill, correct? That's correct. In the state of Virginia, now each state's different. Um, So if on the state side, all 50 states have different policies on uh, how they recognize cancer. So for state, there's, State of Virginia, there or Commonwealth of Virginia, there are seven cancers that are recognized that would fall under workers' count. And any other type of cancer is not recognized um, for, for state presumption. Uh, in addition, on the federal side, uh, the public safety officer's benefit does not recognize any occupational diseases. So at this point, um, cancer is not recognized at all to be considered for the PSOP benefit.
1: What can people do to help work towards
0: improving that? Uh, legislation. That's it, contacting congressmen, senators, that kind of stuff, and voicing their opinion. We're working hard with the Fallen Firefighters Foundation to to try and get that changed. Um, The National Fallen Firefighters Foundation has actually changed their procedure on recognizing cancer. Now, that's not related, obviously, to the PSOB benefit, but starting uh, January 1st, 2018, so this Memorial Weekend in 2019, will be the first that we recognize uh, firefighters, that died line of duty of cancer where they were recognized in that state so if the state recognized it as a line of duty death and was awarded the, the their benefit then it'll be recognized for example uh, one real close to home obviously captain anthony wessel for Rockingham county uh, died of cancer and he was recognized by the state and was given the line of duty benefit so he will be recognized at the fallen firefighters memorial uh, this october
1: i think a lot of people have been touched especially locally between Captain Wetzel and other people who've experienced cancer. What other steps have you taken within the department based on policies to help limit exposures
0: to toxins in general? One of the main ones is for years uh you know we wear our self-contained breathing apparatus and the General rule was as soon as the fire was out, you ran a meter through there, and as long as the oxygen levels and the carbon monoxide levels were at acceptables, you took your air packs off because of the heat, because of uh, the extra weight, and you did your overhaul, basically tearing the walls out and making sure all the hot spots were done, all that kind of stuff. Um, we've redone our entire self-contained breathing apparatus process, where you keep that air pack on the entire time because those carcinogens are never they're never done off-gassing. Uh, during that. Although the carbon monoxide and the oxygen levels may be acceptable, uh, they're still off-gassing. So we've changed that procedure so you wear air pack through the entire process and hopefully eliminate or uh, significantly reduce the exposure to those uh, materials.
1: You know, we talk about structure fires and we're talking about deconning after the fact and keeping it on. What else can they do to
0: help keep themselves aware of what they're being exposed to? I'd say just uh, monitoring the situation. You know any kind of fire whatsoever we talk about structure fires, but vehicle fires trash can fires the materials that burn these days uh you know in the old days it was wood and that's just not what burns anymore it's plastics and synthetic materials and that type of stuff so any type of situation chemical fire any kind of stuff is using appropriate respiratory protection through the entire process uh, to eliminate any kind of exposure to that.
1: You know, we, we you talked about other kinds of fires. You know, often people would think of, if you're outside the building, why do you need an SCBA? But you talk about those toxins, think about all those car fires. Back in the old days, they didn't wear SCBAs when they fought a car fire, you know? But that's important
0: because of all those extra toxins that you have coming off that. So that's a, a change in
1: process that you've
0: seen over the last 50 years. Absolutely, and you think about some of the larger fires, I guess one comes to mind is Valley Pool and Spa. Um, every single person was in an air pack uh, that was in a certain radius of there. Now, of course, it was a lot to do with the chemicals, uh, but that thought process of if there's smoke, if there's chemicals, you should be in an air pack. So the, you're exactly right. Just the fact you're not inside the structure actively fighting fire does not necessarily mean you're not exposed to some type of carcinogen or some kind of toxin.
1: What can the public do to educate themselves about these toxins? Um, and what can they do to protect themselves? You know, it's And, and I say this because you go to a structure fire and everyone wants to come see the fire everyone wants to do that but they're also can be exposed they're not going to have the long-term exposure but they can also be exposed to toxins and things like that so what can the public do
0: well i, I think the, the public you know just needs to to abide by we law enforcement we're a great partner with law enforcement who sets up a perimeter and the perimeter is for a reason um, on a large building as a warehouse or something obviously they can't be every five feet in the structure, but they set up our perimeter for a reason. And every once in a while we have people that wanna to break that perimeter because of they, they wanna go see what's going on. And I think that's a bad idea. Um, so basically following the rules, <laughs> what we have set up at, at the scene and just a, a, abiding by what we have, it's for a reason and for their own safety. What do you think the fire service is gonna do in the next five or 10
1: years to help decrease some of this exposures and help provide a better benefit for the firefighters?
0: I think it's multifaceted. I think we've already initiated the first phase of it. I think more and more departments will come on with these types of procedures with the decontamination, the respiratory protection, those types of things. So that'll help uh, help the, the next generation. I think, you know, for for those, those that started 20, 30 years ago, uh, we're just starting to reap the benefits of it. And we're still reaping benefits of it because it's, uh, you know, it's repetitive exposure. You know, one or two may not necessarily have that effect, but it's over time that multiple exposures um, will have that effect. So uh, the sooner we start those procedures, the better chance we have for eliminating the, uh, the, the disastrous effects of it. And the other thing as we go on will be the legislation, the benefits hopefully will expand to keep up with this, this basically new danger, or at least a newly recognized danger. So is there anything you can think of that you would recommend for people to do to, to learn more about it? No, I'd say just keep up with the research. I mean, here at Harrisonburg Fire Department, we're actively looking all the time at ways uh, that the newest research and what we can do. So I recommend just stay on, on the internet and see what you got. And, you know, one of the simple things people can do, and I think it's pretty rare anymore, is don't smoke when you're off duty. I mean, you still see that once in a while, but that's, that's a huge hazard for some people that uh, adds to the risk.
1: One, well, I can tell you in talking with uh, Dr. Denise Smith and uh, Chief Brian Frieders about it, you know, tobacco use, whether it's smoking or smokeless tobacco, that was a big thing. Um, Dr. Smith really talked about the fact that firefighters need to live a healthy life. It includes healthy diet, it includes exercise. He gave wonderful numbers, and I realized this was only a week ago, but I did the interview like three weeks ago that, um, you know, just by doing daily exercise, you decreased your risk by 50%, and that's a
0: huge number. Agreed. And and I think, you know, we're starting to realize the, the effects of exercise, the, the whole wellness component, not just exercise, but the entire, the nutrition, uh, the mental health or the entire wellness component, I think is huge to, to help with that. Agreed.
1: Well, and going with that, what is, has the Harrisonburg Fire Department done when it comes to health and fitness, not just cancer
0: specifically, but health and fitness? We've really taken an aggressive approach on, on the fitness. We, uh um, Couple of years ago, got with the I International Association of Fire Chiefs and Inter- International Association of Firefighters has a peer fitness program, um, and we got a grant uh, to train multiple personnel uh, in the department to be peer fitness trainers. So they help our personnel stay in shape, um, provide guidance on you know proper not only exercise but nutrition techniques, that kind of stuff. And then from the mental health side, in the last year, year and a half, um, we're very fortunate. One of our firefighters, Master Firefighter, Ben Thompson and his wife uh, have a company that helps with uh, mental health. And they've been very active in starting a peer fitness or a peer support program for you. We have a peer support team. About 12, 14 personnel in the department are peer support personnel. And if somebody's having a bad day, they're just looking out for people. Um, We use the stress first aid model, which is basically looking out for each other. And there are people they can talk to, they look out to make sure everybody's okay, and it's been used quite a bit. Uh, firefighters undergo a lot of stress on a daily basis with the types of calls they run and the type of activities they're involved in. And it's cumulative over time. It's not necessarily one incident, it's multiple incidents over a period of time. So uh, we're, we're trying to be on the forefront of both the exercise, nutrition, mental health, the entire uh, fitness and wellness package.
1: All right, well thank you Chief Bennett for spending time with me. Thank you very much. I wanna thank Chief Ian Bennett of the Harrisonburg Fire Department for talking with me. Firefighter Safety Stand Down is done every June and you can learn more at their website at safetystanddown.org. I'll also put a link in the description to the Harrisburg Fire Department's Safety Stand Down packet. You can also learn more about the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation at firehero.org. If you liked the episode, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe so you know when the next episode drops. In the next episode, we'll be talking with retiring James Madison University Police Chief Lee Shiflet. Until next time, have a safe week.
0: Thank you for listening to Rocktown Emergencies, a podcast focused on emergency services in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. You can follow Rocktown Emergencies on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find the podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps. If you want to email Paul, you can email him at paul at rocktownemergencies.com. Join us next time for Rocktown Emergencies, and have a safe week.